0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's Word and His presence to change your life. Somebody released their faith out there. We've been talking about faith. Come on, somebody for a microphone to work at church. We need some faith. Come on. There it is. Okay. We're working. um, no, I mean, uh, I love what, what Natalie had to say and just even her, her fire, uh, when she got up here because, um, you know, that's what faith does. Faith will kind of set you on fire. Um, she was still fired up when she came off the stage. She's like, what's the matter with the mic? I'm like, would you calm down? Everything. Who cares about the mic? People just got imparted to. We're all good, right? Um, but faith, man, you know, we, we've, we've been talking about faith over the last two weeks here at Renew Life. Um, this has kind of actually turned into, uh, I'm going I'm to continue that talk today. It's actually kind of turned into a three-part series on faith. And I don't know if you remember the the, the first week about two weeks ago, how many of you were here about two weeks ago? You you heard the message on persevering faith. Um, Remember we talked about persevering faith, a faith that perseveres. Scripture says that we inherit the promises of God through faith and patience. Well, what's something that you need whenever you're trying to be patient? You need some perseverance, right? We, we, we remember what, what scripture said that there was the was disciples, they came and um, they, they, they tried to cast out that demon in the boy and they couldn't do it. And then Jesus comes and he shows up and he does his thing. And the disciples go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, why, why couldn't we cast out that demon? What, what was it about us that we didn't have? And, and Jesus said, it was because of your little faith. What that word little in the Greek, you know what it actually means? It actually means brief. It means brief. Jesus wasn't saying your faith wasn't big enough. He just said the little faith that you did have, you just didn't hold on to it long enough. In other words, there are circumstances and situations in our life where we don't just have to have faith. We have to have persevering faith. Last week, we talked about engaging faith engaging faith what is engaging faith faith is is like what you just saw Natalie do you come up to a situation that's just not the way that you want it to be it's not the way that's lining up with scripture and you engage your faith and you do something about it engaging faith says i'm not just going to sit here and just accept that life is the way that it is well this is just the way that it is this is just the the, uh, the, 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 this is what life has just given me. No, uh, faith says, no, I'm gonna stand up and I'm not going to settle for anything less than what God has promised me in his scripture. Engaging faith. Today, I wanna talk to you about what I'm, what I'm calling ready faith. Ready faith. Another way to say that is prepared faith. I wanna ask you this morning, is your faith, ready. Do you have ready faith? You might be wondering, well, what are you talking about with ready faith? Well, that's what the message is going to be about today. But just to kind of share a little bit with you at the, at the front end of this message, just like you would get ready for a game, just like you would get ready for a test in school, just like you would get ready to, to uh, prepare a presentation at your work. Did you know that your faith actually works the same way? That you, there, there's actually times where you have to ready your faith. You have to prepare your faith. You have to get your faith ready. I believe Mark was talking to us. In fact, it was Jesus talking to us in the, in the, the, the gospel of Mark. If you have your Bible today, we're gonna be in Mark chapter 11. I read this scripture last week. It is known as kind of that faith passage. Mark 11, verse 22, and Jesus is talking to his disciples, and look at what he says. He says, have faith in God. I want you to look at your neighbor today and say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. God. Have faith in God. He goes on to make some really big statements after he says this. He says, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe. You can say to this mountain, be be lifted up, thrown into the sea, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You know, I love that little part in, in, in this scripture because what it tells me is that there's actually moments where we may not, have it all settled in our heart. There actually may be times when we actually don't believe it can happen. There are actually times in our life where there is a little doubt. And if I could, for the sake of the message today, kind of change, not change the scripture, but kind of put the spin on it that I'm talking about. He said, here Jesus was saying, you can speak to that mountain, be lifted up and thrown in the sea and it will happen, but you need to make sure that your faith is ready. Make sure that when you go to speak that you have a ready kind of faith. You're persuaded. You have prepared it. He goes on to make one more big statement. He says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. It will be yours. I want to title the message, Ready Faith. Ready Faith, would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this time in your word. We thank you that it's life to us. Oh, that your word is living, that this is not some ancient book that applied to the people back then, but it's still alive today. And we as believers, we declare we live by it. We believe this truth today. As, we, as I speak, God, I ask you just to increase our faith. Increase our faith. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us, to guide us into all truth. Yeah, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say Amen 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 how many of you are the the kind of person uh that you like to be prepared by a show of hands you're the person who loves to be prepared right i i can i can kind of help you figure out if you don't know if you're that person or not you're the person that when you were in school you actually studied for a test you're that person We're, we're about to go on vacation this next week and um, and if, if you're a prepared person, you know what you, you also are? You're an overpacker. <laughs> you 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 pack way too much stuff for vacation, right? There's like, like, you pack clothes, like you know you don't even have enough money to go out to that nice place, but there might be some millionaire that shows up and is gonna take you and your whole family out and you wanna have that dress or have that tux or you you are prepared for whatever. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's... You're you're a prepared person. Now, how many of you in the room are the type of person where you like to wing it? Uh Uh-huh. Go ahead. You're uh uh-huh. I know some of you, and I know you're that wing it kind of person. Here's what I love about people who like to wing it. You're actually not prepared for anything, but you think you are. (laughs) You actually have more faith than the prepared person. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm gonna show up. Shoot, if it's a millionaire gonna take us all out, he's gonna buy my clothes anyway. You know, like you first, you, you got some weird thought. It's like, oh, we will, we will figure it out. I'm, a, I'm definitely more the prepared person. I love, you know, I, I feel more comfortable and I just, I just liked to be prepared. I'll even admit as a guy, I'm an overpacker. Y'all can lay hands on me after service, all right? I love to be prepared and I love to be around people who are prepared. Um, just, uh, about a month ago, I kind of endeavored on a little project at the house and I was wanting to build, uh, I did build a wood wall for our, 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 back porch. It's, it's real pretty. We, we stained it dark black, has slats in it. You can see through it, but it blocks the sun and the wind. And, and, um, but I knew I, I, was, I was smart. I'm smart at this age, you know, like 35, I figured it out. Keith, you're not handy. You never will be handy. There's nothing you can do about it. Find handy people. And that's exactly what I did. Many of you know Dan. He's up here at the front. He's led ministry time before. Amazing, amazing guy. He's anointed by God. He's called into ministry. But here's another thing you need to know about Dan. He's an extremely handy person. And the Lord's so faithful to always send me friends like this, right? And so I knew I wanted to build this wood wall. So I was like, Dan, can you help me? He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. So we go out to do this project. And Dan shows up at the house and he's got... He can't even carry all his tools in at one time. It takes like four trips. He's got two tool bags. He goes back out, brings his own ladder, his own saw, his own little thing. I I don't even know what they're called that sets up to solve it. I mean, he's got everything. He's got everything. And we, we go to start doing this project. And many of you know this, when you start a project, there's always something that happens that is unexpected, right? There's always a snag that you hit. There's always something you come up against that you weren't ready for. And I love that Dan was with me because I'm, I'm, there's no exaggeration. Every time we came up against a snag in this project, Dan had a tool for whatever we needed. He was like, oh, we need to cut that. And ran, ran over, grabbed this one, popped the new battery in, did that, and it was done in like 30 seconds. And I was like, I would have been here for three hours. I would have lost my Christianity in those three hours. Like it would have been, I mean, it didn't matter. It it literally did not matter what came up. Oh, I got a drill for that. And this drill bit goes into this. And I got like four broken drill bits in my toolbox. That's what I got. He's like, no, you do this, this, and this. And I mean, anything that came up, he ran over and he grabbed that tool out of the toolbox, came out, fixed it. And we just kind of went on our way. I love, first of all, personally, I love that. But you know what, it's, a, it's a, an amazing picture. It's a great picture of what I believe a believer's life is supposed to look like. That it doesn't matter what snag we hit, what little thing that comes up that is a barrier or, or, or gets in our way, or even the unexpected when it comes into our life, that we literally have the ability, we have a toolbox that's full of any tool that we would ever have need of and we can literally run over, grab the one that we need and just do what we need to do and keep going on about our life. The believer's life is actually supposed to look that way. We've been given tools, we've been given wisdom, we've been given strategies from the heavenly father and guess where they all exist? They exist in our little spiritual toolbook called the word of God. But what I find is, if I could just be super honest with you today, is that many believers, many of us even in here today, you know, you know what we're actually doing in life? We're walking around with a limited toolbox. There's some, there's some broken drill bits in there. There's a good hammer, maybe a Phillips screwdriver. In other words, there's some things that you do know. There's There's some word that you do know, but the truth is many of us are walking around with a limited toolbox because we actually don't know this word. There's actually areas of our life. There's actually subjects in this world. There's things that we come against. And you know, the truth is, we're not so sure what God has to say about it. And not only that, there might be many of us who are mature in here, we've been in church, we've heard a lot of things, but maybe we've, we've lived a life and we, we have some things in our toolbox, but they're not sharp. They're not ready to be used. They, they, uh, in fact, we've kind of let these subjects like healing and, 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 and God wanting to prosper us and all these things kind of just go in one ear and out the other. And we've actually never decided, what do I, what do I believe? Hear me today, and this is, I don't, I don't mean this to be a harsh word, but I wanna reveal some truth to you today, and here's where I want, I want you to connect the dots. For every area that you don't know what God has to say about, you actually have no faith. Any area of your life, any subject matter where you don't know God's truth, the truth is, Your faith is not ready in that area. Why do I say that today? Romans 10, 17, we have it up here. It says, faith comes by, y'all know the scripture. Faith comes by? In hearing what? The word of God. God. That not, not, not only means scripture, but it also means even the spoken word of God, the now word of God, the current word of God. But where does our faith come from? Our faith actually comes from scripture. Our faith comes from this word. What what does the word faith in the Greek mean? Remember, I gave you the definition. It means to be persuaded. For every area that you actually don't have God's truth, you're being persuaded by the world. You're being persuaded by the enemy. Actually, let me say it this way This, this this is what you're really being persuaded by. You're being persuaded by your experience. It's our experience that is persuading us. It's our emotions that are telling us this is how it should be, or this is truth. And yet God says, I've given you one thing that's actually absolute truth, and it's this word. You know, as I've been studying out faith over the last couple of weeks, um, even the last two messages, I've been kind of talking about faith as almost like this, defensive mechanism. In fact, you even read through scripture and you read about the, the armor of God. What, what is faith in the armor of God? It's a shield, right? It says to pick up the shield of faith to withstand all the fiery darts of the enemy. So it can be a defensive weapon, but you know what also faith can be? Faith can be on the offense. Do I have any football players in here? Any football players? Not like right now, like you played football. Like I know. <laughs> all right, I, y'all. Y'all are in here, right? All right. <clears throat> I, I, I was an offensive player. And can I just say, offense is where it's at. You know where the real athletes are at? Offense. You want to know why you play defense? Because you can't play offense. Come on, so you know what I mean? Right? I mean, it just kind of is what it is. You know, every defensive back, you know why they're a defensive back? Because they don't have any hands to be a receiver. It's just, it's just the truth, right? Sorry, if you're a defensive guy, please come back to my church, okay? <clears throat> no offense, Oh, but you know, faith isn't just about defense. It's about offense. Did you know that we can actually get on the offense with our faith? In other words, we are not called to sit around and wait for every little bad thing to happen to us before we realize what God actually has to say about that subject. Let's not sit around and wait till we're in a financial crisis before we know what God says about money. Let's not wait around until we're sick before we, before not only we read and we have knowledge of, but we stand firm in what God has to say about healing. Let's not wait around until we have a problem in our marriage before we actually realize Ephesians 5 says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. You see, many of us, we have a reactionary kind of faith. It's a, it's a defend, defending, defense kind of faith. We just kind of wait around. It's kind of just what we do as human beings, isn't it? We kind of just wait around until we really need God. We really need something. And I just want to encourage you today. What would happen if you readied your faith? You got your faith ready. You prepared your faith. Many of you are in here today. You and and, and let me let me throw this disclaimer out. I wanted to say this. I don't I don't want to say all this and you be scared about what might happen because you don't have you don't have enough knowledge of this word. Hear me today. If you are a new believer, or it doesn't matter if you're just on the journey that you are on. Here's what, here's what trumps our faith in our knowledge of God's word. God's sovereignty, his mercy, his grace, his protection. He is looking out for you. Word, the, the word says there will not be a temptation that you will, you will come against that he will not give you a way out. He is faithful. He is good. This is not a, a man, I need to, I, I better go home and, you know, babe, you're gonna have to take care of all the kids today because I have to read my whole Bible by tonight. No, no, no. But I am talking to those of you who should know what you believe. You're here today, you've been in church, you've been following Jesus for a long time. Let's just be real, there are things that you should know. This is why Paul came to the believers and he was like, do we really have to keep going on the elementary teachings? Or can we move on to, the, to the, the good stuff? He's like, you want the milk of the word? Which dairy is just bad for your body. But how about a steak? There, there is a, a place where we need to mature. Someone say amen. amen. We are called. We, we, our world needs believers who know what they believe. In our lives, our families, husbands, your family needs a man that knows what he believes. Moms, your kids need to know. They need to have a mom that knows what she believes. Do you know that you can actually pass down your faith to your kids? You can provide faith for your friends, your relationships. I wanna ask you today, what, what areas of your life are you unsure about God? Where do you need to sure up ready that faith. Romans, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. This is Paul talking to Timothy, his son in the faith. And you know what he tells Timothy? He says, preach the word. And then he says, be prepared in season and out of season. You don't think Paul was trying to tell his, his son, Timothy, in the faith. He was, he was trying to say, hey, Don't wait for it all just to come and just the the fiery trial to hit your life before you're ready. Be prepared for that. But when everything's good, when everything's kind of going, in fact, isn't this just a timely word? We're stepping into summer, man. Life is good in the summer, right? Some are like, no, my kids are home all the time. Life is not good. Life is better, Oh, it's just kind of people start to relax and you kind of get out of that hard season. Hear me today, it's imperative that when you are out of season, you are still preparing your faith. You are still faith-filled. You are still living by faith. In other words, you keep that thing on the inside of you, that that believer, you keep it ready. You have a a ready kind of faith. 2 Timothy 3 says this, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now check out verse 17. Talking about this word, it says God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You wanna be prepared? You wanna be equipped? You wanna have faith for that situation? What's your faith going to stand on? What does this word say? Hear me today, (laughs) don't just hear this message. Don't just be like, oh, the pastor taught about how important the word is today. No, 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 actually start to read your Bible. Actually dive into this thing and discover what do you really believe? If you want faith for healing, can you dive into this word and see what God says about healing? Do you know that, by, that it says that by his stripes, you are healed, but do you know where it is? I'm not saying you have to be a scholar and you have to memorize this scripture, but you know what? I've lived long enough. I've tried to live a life of faith long enough. You know that I, I know that God protects me. I believe strongly in his protection over my life, but you know what? The enemy still attacks me about protection. He still attacks me with fear. And you know what I do? I don't just go to the word that I've memorized. I open my Bible and go to Psalms 91 and I begin to read that he is my shelter. I live in the shelter of the most high. I dwell in the fortress of the almighty. Nothing by any means shall harm me. The devil can, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but nothing will come near me. Sometimes I've got to actually go back and read it. And when I read it, all of a sudden, guess what? Faith, it rises up. Many of us know the story of David and Goliath. Um, it's, it's, if that's your favorite story, let's raise your hands like, oh, that's that's my story. All right, nobody. Cool. Um, <clears throat> I thought it would for sure be somebody's, I mean, come on. Y'all just lying in church. It's okay. <laughs> David and the story of Goliath, it's, it's kind of an amazing story. You kind of back up in the story, though, and You know what you see? You see David living as a person who had ready faith. His faith was prepared. His faith was ready. How do I know? Well, you read in the story, David didn't even get invited to the battle. David wasn't good enough to fight. He wasn't good enough to be in the army. He had to stay back home and take care of the sheep. He had to stay back home and, and be a shepherd. But one day his dad comes to him and says, David, would you take all, take all this food, take it to the soldiers, take it to your brothers who are fighting, you know, take it to the real men. <laughs> they're, they're hungry, they're fighting. David shows up with the food and he happens to show up at the time where Goliath would walk out every single day and begin to taunt the army of Israel. Goliath would come out and he said, bring, bring your best guy. Go ahead and bring him. If he can beat me, you've defeated our whole army. And he would taunt and he would um, attack with his words all the the people of God. And all of a sudden David's there and he hears this. And I can just imagine he's sitting there with a bunch of guys that are bigger than him, stronger than him. They're wearing armor. He's wearing probably a robe or something. Like he's, he's out of place. And he looks around and he's like, do you guys hear him? Why are you letting him talk to you that way? Let me just stop right there. Why do we let the enemy talk to us that way? Why do we let him just come out and taunt us and, and talk to us like we're sitting around with no armor and no power? But see, David had such a ready faith. He, his, he reacted to this, this thing that was coming against what he knew, this thing that he believed, this thing that he stood for, this power that was on the inside of him. Whenever it confronted that faith on the inside of him, guess what? David was like, I'll take the guy on. How much did they say they would pay me if I did it? He wasn't even like, he wasn't even scared a little bit. He's like, oh yeah, tell me what my reward's gonna be again. Oh yeah, the king's daughter, that's what I'm talking about, all right? Sweet, we get, okay, money, awesome. Awesome. My, my family's debt's gonna be forgiven forever. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure I'll do it now. I knew I could, but with all that, yeah, I'll do it. Everyone looked at him and said, David, you, you can't. Who do you think you are? And David said, hear, hear me today. You know what he said? He said, you see out of season, when I've been shepherding, there would be these lions and then there's these bears that would show up. I'd club them over the head. And if actually they actually, that actually got, most of the time I was so good, they never got to my sheep. But when they did, I'd actually go, by, go, go over there and grab them with my bare hands. I love that. It's a good joke. He's a bear and he has bare hands. Um, <laughs> see if y'all like it. Bear hands. Okay. He would, he would snatch the bear or the lion away from his sheep to the same God that gave me the ability to do that can definitely help me beat this Philistine. He was preparing out of season. He had faith out of season. He didn't sit around and say, man, I never get to go to battle. I'm just a shepherd boy. This is just, I just gotta take care of the sheep. Well, I'm just gonna sit here and just do that and we'll see what happens. No, he, he, he readied his faith. He kept growing in the things of God. He didn't wait till bad thing happened. And so whenever it actually did occur, he was ready to fight and took him down with one stone and then went over and took his own sword and chopped off his head. Faith, ready faith. I wanna ask you today, what do you want? What do you wanna be ready in? What would you like? Right now, just just, just think about this. What would you like your faith to be ready for? Would you love your faith to be ready for that moment when someone comes to you with a sickness and you lay your hands on them and they recover? Would you like your faith to be ready for that person that comes to you with that anxiety, they're just carrying that fear and anxiety and that depressive, that just weight thing, and you you're, you just want to lay your hands on them and just declare the the truth about God and bring encouragement and faith to their situation. What about your own body? Do you want to be able to speak to your own body and watch it get healed? Do you want wisdom? Maybe some of you want to help marriages out there. Strong sense there's some of you out there that want to help people in their marriages. Well, what does God say about it? Where's your faith at in that area? Say, well, actually, I don't really know. Okay, that's fine, but don't stay there. Go find God's truth so that when the time comes, you'll have the faith for the situation. you wanna see God come through in big ways financially? Here's one, I know all of you want this one. You wanna see more of the spiritual gifts active in your life. If that's you, you want that, say, I want that. Say it like you mean it, I want that. Want those spiritual gifts? Pursue them, learn about them, read about them. Because the more that you'll read about it, oh, wow. Faith, faith. God used David, David the murderer, David the adulterer, that guy, full of spiritual gifts, full of faith. A man after God's own heart. Stop discounting yourself. It's never, it's not about you anyway. (laughs) It never was, it never will be. It's all about him and his goodness. You start pursuing those things believing for those things. Some of y'all want to be able to give your first prophetic word and it actually be, not just give your first prophetic word, one that's accurate, right? Like an accurate prophetic word. Get an accurate word of knowledge. Are you going after it? Are you believing for it? Because if you are, I guarantee you, you'll come up to that moment and your faith will be ready didn't plan on sharing this, but just two years ago, me and Natalie had never even gotten a prophetic word. Never, no one had ever come up to us and really ever given us a prophetic word. We were getting ready to go on a trip to Bethel. And, um, and we were so looking forward to it because it's like you can't walk into Bethel and not get a prophetic word, right? It's like, that's going to happen. Those of you who've been there, you know what I'm talking about. But I just, I put a little, I'm, I'm telling you, I just put a little bit of faith over in my desire for a prophetic word. And I actually just begin to value, Lord, I want that. Your word talks too much about it, something valuable. And I just kind of started to, yeah, Lord, I started to look at it, want it. Guess what? I got two two or three prophetic words in the three weeks, weeks before I ever even left. I'm not talking about some magical thing where we can get things to manifest in our life. No, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about faith if you'll just pursue it, it's amazing what God will bring into your life. It's amazing what opportunities you'll have. I'll give you, I want to give you four things and we'll close. If you take notes, this is a, a, good to, a good thing to write down. How to keep your faith ready. Say, good, we need ready faith. I want my faith to be ready. How do I? How do I keep it ready? Pretty pretty simple stuff. Number one, read the word. Number two, declare the word. Number three, pray the word. And number four, testimony. Keep that faith ready. Thanks again for listening today.